0: I know that y'all are experiencing the same things that we're experiencing, the same fears, the same hopes, the same peaks and valleys. You get high, you think we're about done, and then something else happens. And I know that you also, though, in all of these things, are experiencing the same faith. That no matter the peaks and the valleys, no matter the highs and lows, we're gathered together in the name of Jesus because we are God's people And so that's what I want to share with you this morning. And uh, when we are God's people, we get dressed out of the Lord's closet, right? Okay, that's the best I've got. I don't know about y'all, but as you look around, it seems that we are more and more connected. We have more and more opportunities to be connected with one another in so many different ways. And yet, we, we don't really seem to be all that connected. I don't, know, I don't know about y'all, but who grew up with this kind of phone? I tell the kids, the kids today who are 40, um, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't even have cordless phones. We had the phones with the cords in it. And, and when I was maybe, I don't know, eight or nine, we got a phone that had the dial in the handle. So you would pick up the phone and you would dial in the handle. And I thought that was pretty high class. Now, I, I'm, uh, I'm from rural Georgia. I think I've told you all that before, if it doesn't show when I talk. But I, I, I've been in the city for a while now, but I'm from rural Georgia. And I was told that, I don't know if this is true or not, but the small town where I grew up in, in Georgia's Dairyland was the last manual phone exchange in the state of Georgia. So, you know, where you would call and they would, they would connect you. Now, I'm not quite this old, Hello, Nellie. What's on tonight? Uh, I think that's actually how people talked back then. I'm, I'm, I'm not certain about that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quite that old. But as we are more and more connected, it seems like we are more and more disconnected. Have you all picked up on that? It seems like we have the opportunity 24 hours, 7 days a week to be connected. We never have to be alone in, a, in an electronic sense. We never have to be alone, and yet it seems like people are, are more disconnected. It seems like loneliness is an epidemic. We're connected in a disconnected way. We have more opportunity, but it seems like if your experience is like mine, well, that we're not really communicating. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes it seems like I can say something electronically that I would never say to somebody's face. I don't always read the Facebook comments, but when I do, I want to claw my eyes out. Anybody else experience that? It's easy to fire off a biting comment and not think anything about it until somebody responds to you that you have hurt them. Anybody else ever experience that? Or it's easy to, uh, somebody says, how you doing? And you just say, I'm okay, I'm fine. And really, you're you're hurting inside, you're broken inside. Inside. It seems like this is the world that we live in. But as God's people, we represent a living example of connection. As God's people, we are united. As God's people, we are one. And if if you read the New Testament, it's full of talk about unity and togetherness. And as you read about the first Christians, you read about Everything that they did for one another, and how important unity is for Christian living. And the Bible doesn't say become one, the Bible says we are one. Amen. Let's spend some time this morning in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Sorry, I put this all on one slide. I realize that's a little small now. Let's read. Therefore, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. God, open our hearts, open our minds, that we may hear your message in this text, that we may hear your words, that may, we may hear your challenges, that we may hear your encouragement, that we may hear your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start by saying that God loves you dearly. You probably know that intellectually, but sometimes it's hard for it to go from, from our heads down to our hearts, but know that God loves you dearly. And that may sound more appropriate to children's church than to a sermon up here in the pulpit, but this is God's word. God loves you dearly. You are holy and dearly loved, chosen by God. As Christians, we are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And as you look around, you can, it's okay to look around if you want to, we're all in the same boat. Every Christian here is a part of God's people, chosen by holy, and dearly loved. When I read this text, if that's all I get out of it, I feel like I have gained something pretty important. Anybody else? I feel like I've gained something pretty important. I feel like I have gained a sense of God's dear, passion, fervent love for his people. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? That is pretty awesome. And as a community community, of God, though, Paul goes on to say that we are to clothe ourselves from the Lord's closet. We're to clothe ourselves from the Lord's closet. Now, I'm not talking about suits and dresses and pearls and ties and things like that, how you might dress up if you want to go to church. God's not impressed with how we dress. But it's time to be clothed in Christian character. It's time to get dressed up in Christian character. And when you clothe yourselves from the Lord's closet, you're supposed to be a certain kind of person. There's a certain kind of person that's dressed up in Christ. And we have a certain kind of relationship with one another. When you're clothed with Christ, you become a certain kind of person. You mentioned the fruit of the Spirit in the the men's Bible class this week. Oh yes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ooh, if I look like that, I look good, don't I? And we're supposed to have a certain kind of relationship with one another. If we're loving one another, bearing one another's burdens, lifting one another up, encouraging... Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I know I do. So what does it look like when we clothe ourselves... You know, when you open the Lord's closet, you're going to find some certain things in there. You're going to find a long list of things, but what we're going to focus on this morning is in this text. We're going to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Take a moment to think about those words. I'm not going to spend a lot of time defining them, but I would I would say, in general, we, uh, we kind of know what they mean. Compassion and kindness seem to think about taking on the hurt and the pain of others and trying to do good, trying to help, right? And uh, humility and gentleness, whew, that sounds like ego to me. I don't know about y'all. Humility and gentleness are about letting go of ego, putting my own needs and desires to the side, and putting others first. And patience, I'll tell you what that means later. That was a joke. So when you get dressed in the Lord's closet, these are some of the things that you put on. These are some of the things that you wear, that you clothe yourself in. And I don't know about y'all, but sometimes you've got to take off your pajamas to put on your go-to-work clothes, right? Sometimes you might have to take off a sweater to put on your coat, right? And when you go to get clothed with Christ, when you're getting dressed out of the Lord's closet, sometimes there are some things you might have to take off. Uh, my good friend Jimmy Stokes is a, is a preacher in Memphis, and, and I heard him preaching a sermon, and, and he said, if you want to put on Christ, you have to take off your KKK outfit. He was, he was serious. If you want to put on Christ, you have to take off your Black Panther outfit. You know, there's sometimes we come into the church and we have some pretty, pretty serious things that are an obstacle to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Those things may sound kind of extreme, but I think we all have some things we probably have to take off if we're going to put on Christ. Amen? I think we all have some things that, that when we look in the mirror, we don't see compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Sometimes when I look in the, I don't even have time to look in the mirror, I'm so impatient. I don't know about y'all, but, but gentleness is not my second nature. That's, that's, not, uh, that's not natural to me. Uh, maybe compassion a little bit, but uh, humility, I'm, I'm not real close to humility either. We don't know each other that well. And sometimes, you know, you get in front of your closet there. I know how y'all do. And you, you look at some of those things in your closet and you say, I look good in that. Y- y'all have something that you look good in that? I only, uh, you know, I, I think I look good in everything. But sometimes Felicia will say, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'd wear that today. I don't, y'all have something in your closet that you, you look at it and you go, ooh. Gee, I don't know that that's for me. When we open that closet and we, we look at compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, some of those things just feel natural. We slip into it pretty comfortably. But some of those things, we, it might be a struggle. It might be a struggle. Yesterday, driving over from Memphis, it's getting a little hot in the car and I'm trying to take my jacket off, you know, with the seatbelt. Y'all ever do that? And, and you know, sometimes I've got to take something off to put on compassion. I might have to take off some hatred. Or kindness, I might have to take off some roughness. Humility, I've got to take off some ego. Gentleness, patience. Sometimes we have to take something off if we're going to be dressed with Christ, if we're going to be clothed in Christ. When you look in the Lord's closet, what do you see? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Are you dressed in the Lord's closet or are you dressed in your own closet? When people look at you, do they see these character traits, these Christian character traits, or do they see the world? Do they see what else is going on in the world? This is the kind of person that God has called us to be and that I'm asking you to be. If somebody is living out these character traits, that's that's somebody I want to know. You all agree with that? That'd be an easy person to get along with, wouldn't it? I love people who are compassionate and kind and humble and, and, and gentle and patient. Well, that's who we're supposed to be. And as Christians, sometimes we expect people to come to us on our terms rather than us going to others on Christ's terms. I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I wrestle with that. I wrestle with that. I want to be a living example of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It wouldn't be a bad idea to memorize this and kind of have it in your heart and think about it throughout the day. And when you're interacting with people, just, you know, sometimes I say to myself now, what part of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience was that coming from? Because it didn't sound like it to me, and so I need to to check myself. So let me encourage you to uh, make this a hallmark of your life. Now, when we dress up, when we're clothed with Christ, it does have a difference in how we relate to one another, how we treat one another. Uh, it has an impact on our relationships in the church. When we're wearing our clothes out of the Lord's closet, when we're dressed in the character of Christ, our connection jumps from, hello Nelly, to iPhone 13 Pro Max 5G, unlimited talk, text, and data, all that kind of stuff. There's a huge change. We go from a crackly connection to crystal crystal clear digital talk. As a community, when we are clothed with Christ, It it impacts how we treat one another. We're to bear with each other. We're to forgive each other, love each other, teach and admonish each other. To admonish, by the way, means to, to warn somebody of something or to give somebody godly advice, to correct something or to avoid something. Think about these things for a moment as well. To carry out these things, we have to be connected to each other. Unfortunately, I'm going to dig in on that a little bit in a moment. I say unfortunately because it's a challenge. I've seen this quote attributed to Don Mostrom. I have no idea who that is. But, but uh, most American Christians never enter a, close, a deep enough experience of community to even put passages like this one into practice. Wow. Think about this for a moment. What does it mean to bear with somebody? The bad news is that to bear with somebody means that I have to be in a relationship with somebody who gets on my last nerve. I have to be in a relationship with somebody I find offensive, somebody I find off-putting, somebody I don't really want to be around, and I have to be around them. I have to maintain that relationship. To bear with somebody, I've got to bear with somebody Know what I mean? That doesn't sound like fun, does it? What I prefer is to avoid somebody. And avoiding is not the same thing as bearing with. Ignoring is not the same thing as bearing with. To bear with somebody, I've got to stay in that relationship. I also have some bad news about forgiving somebody. What do you need before you can forgive somebody? What do you have to have? somebody who's sinned against you, right? I mean, if nobody's sinned against you, you don't need to forgive anybody. So to forgive somebody, I have to be in a relationship with somebody that has sinned against me somehow, and I have to treat them as though they haven't sinned against me. Kind of annoying, isn't it? I have to forgive them. And then it says, forgive them as the Lord forgave me. As the Lord forgave you, I have to forgive them. Now, I've known people in my Christian life, in my church life, that I really had to bear with. I've known, you know, the brother who gets real close in your face and talks about the same thing every time you see them. Or I remember a sister who flipped out after a Wednesday night and ran screaming through the church, cursing at the top of her lungs, and kicked open the door and ran out because she thought somebody was talking about her, and they weren't. We have to bear with one another because the problem with the church is the people. I don't know if y'all are aware of that. But whenever we have a church, we have all these people in it, and they come in with hang-ups and issues and and things to deal with and and uh, okay i have issues and hang-ups and things to deal with and we uh, we kind of rub each other the wrong way but christ has called us to bear with one another and when i think of forgiveness i think of uh, of a dear friend of mine and he he got married and and his wife left him very ugly scene and and I literally hated that woman. I I hated her. And it was years before I could even recognize that about myself and before I could even think about what does forgiveness mean and before I could think about how is this a stumbling block in my faith? How is this keeping me from Christ? It's hard. Bearing with people is hard. Forgiving one another is hard. Think about forgiveness Forgiving as the Lord forgave you. Uh, Dr. Everett Hufford is a retired professor of missions and church leadership. But one of the things he used to say a lot was, we tend to judge ourselves based on our intentions and other people based on their results. Now, you have probably heard some athlete, actor, politician give the pseudo-apology, if I have offended anyone. If I have hurt anybody, you know, I didn't intend to, so don't judge me on what happened. Judge me on my intentions. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. We tend to look at ourselves and and say, well, I didn't mean that, but if somebody else does something, woo! you did this. Why did you do this? I didn't mean to. Well, you did it. Y'all never heard that before, right? Y'all never said that before, right? Or had anybody say it to you? We tend to judge other people based on what happens, but we kind of let ourselves off a little bit thinking about our intentions. Forgiveness says we put aside our hurt feelings, our disappointment, our pride, our anger. We forgive people. We treat them as though they didn't sin against us. And we have to stay in the relationship with them. If you are not forgiving people if you are avoiding people if you are holding grudges you're not living in God's will you're just not there's a lot of nuance in there that that you might want to unpack but if you if you're if you're thinking this doesn't apply to you I encourage you to talk with a mature Christian friend and see where your heart is and see and talk about that situation and get some wise counsel. Talk to somebody who might be able to teach and admonish you. That other thing here on this list, teach and admonish, in order for you to teach and admonish me, you have to know me. You have to know what I need to learn. You have to know what I need to be warned against. And for me to listen to you, I have to know you and trust you. I have to have, you have to have credibility. And so, Just as with bearing with one another and forgiving with one another, teaching and admonishing one another is about relationship. It's about connection. Too often we don't have this kind of relationship, and and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but uh, I know that in a city like Memphis, people tend to jump from congregation to congregation. Somebody offends you, go to a different church. You don't like somebody, go to a different Bible class. Now, I don't know how that is here in Mineral Springs, but I suspect the same thing happens here. People are willing to walk away just to find a place that's more comfortable, find people that that they like better, that agree with them more, so that they're not as, as, as offended or they're not hurt. This is real life that I'm talking about, and this is not God's will. We can easily and deliberately orchestrate our lives in such a way that we can deliberately not do what God is plainly telling us to do. I've done it. We can orchestrate our lives to get around doing what God has told us to do and being who God has told us to be, and that's defiance of God. I've been hurt. I've been offended. I continue to be hurt. I continue to be offended. But God calls me to remain in community with these folks. It's not easy. It's not easy to overcome worldly ways of dealing with people. It's not easy to become the person that God has called us to be. But God has been good to us. Amen? God has forgiven us. God has accepted us. We are his chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And we need to have the same heart toward other people, especially those within the family of God. So here in the church, we're to be a certain kind of person. If you feel like you don't have any friends here, it might help to be a friend. Focus on developing these character traits in your heart and in your life. Become the kind of person who is a Christian friend. I don't really know where you are in your spiritual life, in your walk with Christ, but the church here, I know, is full of people who want to help you grow into the person Christ wants you to be, to help you grow into the image of Christ, to be clothed with Christ so everybody sees Jesus when they look at you. Amen. Be a certain kind of person. And then have a certain kind of relationship. Get close enough to some of the folks here, your fellow Christians, to take off that mask of everything's fine. Let them see who you really are. Build relationships deep enough that you get to bear with somebody. And relationships deep enough that you get to forgive somebody. And that you get to teach and admonish and be taught and admonished. That's God's desire for you. Well, we are connected, whether we realize it or not. I don't know if you caught that at the end of our passage there. Paul wrote, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. We are one body. We are connected to one another, and as members of one body we are called to peace. So let me close by encouraging you to let Christ peace, rule in your heart as you connect to the rest of the body of Christ. Are you ready to get dressed? Reach in your closet there. Reach in the Lord's closet and clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Man, that's how I want to be. That's how I want to be. I need help with it. I don't know if you need help or not. But here at the church, we are happy to help you with that. There may be somebody here who has never put on Christ in baptism, who's never become a Christian. And this will be a great day to do it. I hear that the water is ice cold. But baptism works in ice cold water. I will get in that ice cold water with you. I will, if somebody wants to put on Christ in baptism. There may be others here who are, maybe need to look more like Christ maybe have some relationships that are broken, maybe need to learn a little bit about bearing and forgiving. Whatever your need is today, we are here to help you, and we want to bless you with the peace of Christ as we sing.